0: Good morning. This is Michael's Financial Nuggets podcast with me, Michael Palmer. It's question and answer day. Um, so first of all, thank, thank you to those that have been listening and sharing this podcast with others. Uh, please keep giving me feedback on, on different topics that you'd like to hear more about. And thank you for sending me some questions about some things you've heard. It, it gives me an opportunity to further clarify some of the things I've said on previous podcasts that I didn't do a good enough job of explaining. So again, just go to my website, michaelgpalmer.com and send me a message through the contact tab. If you've got other questions or thoughts, um, we'll, uh, we'll keep doing these types of podcasts occasionally just as questions keep coming in. So let's dive into some questions. So the first question is from an operator in Georgia. And he said, uh, Michael, can you list the values you mentioned in the episode about purpose and money? I'm having trouble thinking of all of the values that are possible. So this question comes from episode 002, if you haven't already listened to it. I talk about the purpose of money and how Nikki and I go away every year for a weekend. And we discuss our purpose for money. And sometimes it changes. Sometimes it's consistent over the years. But um, what we know to be true is that our our values intersect with our finances in many ways. For example, if I spend $250,000 on a car, it's probably going to be pretty difficult for me to love my family. It's going to be hard to take adventures and vacations with them. So those are competing values. I guess I could spend $250,000 on an RV or something like that, but I'm not going to go do that. But you get the point. I'm not necessarily saying it's wrong to spend that amount of money on a car. I'm just saying that would conflict with my personal values on what I'm wanting for mine and my family's lives. So, spending time with my family and, and specifically vacations is the most important value to me because my purpose for money is love and I want to love my family and others. And I love travel and vacation and seeing new things. And, you know, time is the most valuable currency, right? In America, we tend to try to gain wealth and we sacrifice our time. But would you trade places with a 90 year old if you could have a trillion dollars? No. So you do value your time and we can actually calculate what your time is worth by subtracting your age from 90 and dividing that by a trillion, right? Now, every time you you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And, and many times you can see what that no is, but many times you can't. So it, I kind of digress. I, I got off on a tangent there. So back to the values. I'm not going to list all of them here, but here are some to start with. Uh, Stability, financial confidence, adventure, independence, beauty, freedom, generosity, happiness, honor, creativity, love, fulfillment, abundance, dignity, energy, respect, joy, faith, family, just many different values like that. Don't overthink it. So the second question comes from an operator uh, from South Carolina. And uh, and he simply just asked, how do financial advisors get paid? And, and this is another great question that I accidentally forgot to cover on episode 04 when I talked about choosing a financial advisor. So there's a few ways. One is by charging hourly fees, similar to an attorney or maybe a CPA. And so however many hours they work for you, they charge you that amount of money for their hourly rate, whatever that is. Another way is an annual fee that they can renew every year and it's flat it's a flat cost unless y'all agree to increase it depending on the scope of the work or some other reason. Advisors can also have insurance licenses that allow them to broker insurance and get paid a commission, such as, you know, an easy example is life insurance. If you buy life insurance from someone, they are more than likely getting a commission from that company that um, you actually put the life insurance in force with. So advisors can also charge an AUM fee, which is an assets under management, AUM. And this is a fee that comes directly out of the investments that are managed. So generally the industry standard is around 1%. So if you have $100,000 invested with an advisor and the advisor charges you 1%, you would pay $1,000 per year to that advisor. And typically a quarter of that 1% fee comes out every quarter, which makes the 1% annual. I hope that made sense. I'll say it one more time. So if if an advisor is managing $100,000 for you and that advisor charges you 1%, you would essentially pay them Uh, that advisor a $1,000 per year. And a quarter of that $1,000 comes out every quarter in your normal quarterly statements that you would be able to see. And and so advisors can can charge any of these ways. They can do all of these ways. I'm not advocating for any of these ways. I'm just simply telling you that it's important to understand and just make sure you know exactly how much and how they are being compensated. Uh, Next question is from an operator in Georgia. Um, If you don't budget how do you know how much you should spend? So another great question. I, I did not do a good job clarifying on this. So the way that, that we do this, and I, I coach clients to do this, is just take your monthly burn rate, whatever that amount is, and then subtract the things that cannot go on a credit card. For example, my mortgage cannot be paid on a credit card and a couple of utilities. So let's just say, for example, that my burn rate is $20,000 a month and the mortgage and utilities total $5,000. So I send that $20,000 every month over to my family checking for my war chest account. And I know that $5,000 is already spoken for in the form of my mortgage and utilities. So my credit card bill has to stay under $15,000 for that month. Now, I don't care how many times Nikki gets a manicure and pedicure now, Right. Um, she shouldn't care how many number ones I get at Chick-fil-A, or I guess it's not called the number one anymore. It's just a Chick-fil-A meal, a Chick-fil-A sandwich meal. She just knows that we have to stay under that $15,000 on our credit card, right? So it doesn't matter how the money gets spent. It, it just has to stay under whatever that number is. And, and yes, I am a fan of credit cards as long as you pay them off monthly. Uh, next question, we'll do a couple more. Uh, this is a, a question from an operator in Virginia. You talked a lot about illiquid retirement in real estate. What's an example of a liquid investment account? So this would be something like a joint investment account or a TOD account, which is transfer on death. Uh, something that does not have rul- rules on it on when you can pull the money out. So this could be like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETS, indexes, just things where you can get your money in a day or a week without paying penalties but you can still invest all of this money the exact same way as you invest in the 401k if you want to. It's just not tied up. So last question, this is from another operator in Virginia. I've noticed a couple of times that you use the S&P 500 as an example, but you say you don't advise clients to invest in the S&P. Why and what do you use? I, I really could not have possibly drafted up a better question to lead us into all of kind of what our next few podcasts are going to be about around investments. But uh, clients of mine do still invest in funds that follow the S&P 500. It's just not the majority of their invested money like most portfolios out there. Many people are heavy in the S&P 500 for a few reasons, but I think one of the simplest is that it seems easy. So if you think about it logically, if I'm in the S&P 500 and I hear that markets are up, I can expect my account to be up so i'm happy if i hear that markets are down on the news i can expect my account to be down and i understand that to some extent again the news is mostly talking about the s&p 500 or the dow jones or the big tech stocks like nasdaq and historically we know that there have been better rates of returns in small and value stocks than in large stocks so we diversify a portfolio to several different markets typically and we tilt the portfolio towards small and value stocks all over the world Again, I'm not trying to predict the future. Diversification is a defensive technique and all of this is going to be covered soon as we start moving into investments. So that's all for today. Again, keep sending me your questions, topics you'd like me to cover. Let me know if you're enjoying these podcasts or if you hate them with a passion, but uh, keep subscribing and, and sharing them to others. And I will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Now for the compliance piece. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, OSJ, 5280, Carroll Canyon Road, Suite 300, San Diego, California, 92121 619 6400 Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PASS member FINRA, SIPIC Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian, Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. Insurance products offered through Westpac Wealth Partners and Insurance Services, LLC, a DBA of Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC, California Insurance License Number 0L49687. This podcast is for informational purposes only, is not to be construed as tax legal or investment advice, although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by past Guardian or Westpac Wealth, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax legal or accounting advice. Consult your tax legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. 2023 913 expiration 0525, Georgia Independent Operators Association, GIOA is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Pass or Guardian. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Indices are unmanaged and one cannot invest directly in an index. Equities may decline in value due to both real and perceived general market, economic, and industry conditions. Diversification does not guarantee profit or protect against market loss.